Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, this here podcast, every single day, if it's a big if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, uh, it is a big blue deal to us. And we're going to talk about it. My name is Jay Kyle Mann. I am a video producer at The Ringer, and I'm joined per usual by the man, the myth, the legend. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, how's it going, bud? Good, man. Just, uh, you know, there's football game looming. There's fr- there's uh, It's a big weekend. Big Blue Madness Friday, football Saturday. That's something I'm sure will come up Sunday. Maybe <laughs> Best sports time of the year, really, isn't it, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, they're like easily, without a doubt, you have Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, which like I have not been super into baseball since I was a kid. Me either. Uh, but I always get into the playoffs because like I love, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe. Obviously, there's an energy about it, but also I love I just love like the sound of the announcer's voice when it <laughs> the uh, tension. When it's playoff time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It sounds different. The baseball uh, players are great, man. I think the last time I was into them though was well, I mean, I was really into that World Series with the Cubs. That was a good one. But then yeah, also true. the uh, you know back back in the early two thousands, those were some really good. It was just a really good time, like when the Red Sox were trying the to get steroid the era. Well, <laughs> not necessarily the steroids, but just the, the storylines were really good then with the Sox yeah. trying to get over the hump and the Yankees were just like the empire yeah. of evil. Yeah. And it was yeah, just a like fun no, time. No matter how checked out I am during the regular season, I always come back to it in the postseason. And I've always been a Braves guy, so uh, obviously some tension there. Um, but yeah, you got you got baseball playoffs intersecting with you know the thick of college football. College basketball is right on the horizon. The NBA is starting up, and we're seeing a bunch of preseason games going on right now. Tyler Hero already making fools look crazy. Uh, He's balling. Has some some serious highlights already up tonight. But uh, yeah, this is this is the sweet spot. As like we just came out not long ago of the total dead spot of sports uh, in the summer, and this is the real sweet spot. It's a lot of fun. Full throttle. And I was just watching uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander put up a really good line tonight. Last time I checked, he had like 15 points, seven assists, and he was like three for six from three. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about some of my OKC Thunder predictions. The ball was moving. Bold predictions, yeah. Well, I guess they weren't super bold, but I just thought that the ball would would have a lot more energy, and it already looked like it did. And Shea was doing his thing, getting to the rack and hitting open threes. I was, uh, I was, I was happy for him, proud of That's him. That's what happens so, when you're a smart basketball guy. You know, you tell people stuff, and it comes true. Well, you give me too much credit, and uh, I would just say to everyone that today we're going to talk a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball, because like Kyle said, all these things are going on right now. Uh, We're going to talk about the quarterback situation, something that Kyle wrote that's going to be coming out in the morning about Ashton Hagens, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Big Blue Madness. But first, we want to talk about Sawyer Smith and his availability. Kyle, take it away. Yeah, I mean, after all this talk about uh, Lynn Bowden being QB one, Mark Stoops came out and Eddie Grand basically saying the same things. I think um, that Sawyer Smith is not only available, but I think the plan is to start him, or he's you know he's still listed atop the depth chart. Um, I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if it's you know if it's misdirection uh, for Arkansas mm-hmm. to make them prepare for that. Um, and I guess that's what I when we were texting each other topics like. That to me is the the topic. Um, 
Could you hear that on your end? <laughs> or no? The what music was it? Playing? I was trying to pull up Tyler Hero's stats tonight. He had 18 points, by the way, and a uh, random video started playing on ESPN. I was afraid you could hear it on your end, but I don't know how the internet no, works. No, no. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, your audio uh, input would have to be set to the same. It's a whole whatever. Go ahead. So anyway, um, when we were texting about the topics, like that to me is the top is, is you know, this is what we we should be weighing in on is whether this is a good idea. Uh, if it's true, I mean, forget whether or not it's, it's mis- maybe it's misdirection. But let's just assume it's true that uh, they think he's healed up enough to give it a go against Arkansas. Should they do that? When we, we've kind of set the stage about the second half of the season, um, you know, Arkansas's bad, you know, ideally, or, or in, in theory, a team that you could beat with a guy like Lynn Bowden, primarily playing quarterback. Um, and you've got one that you almost certainly are going to lose next week at Georgia. Um, and then you have a string of games that one will be really tough, Missouri, and then you end on four games that are imminently winnable against teams that are not great. Um, you know, do you save Sawyer Smith? Do you try to get him all the way healthy instead of, you know, patching him back together and throwing him out there where he could get hurt again? It's a tough call because, you know, Arkansas is one of the games you should win, right? You, you like, you had written down on your schedule before the season, like, that's a W. Um, and to lose it would be really bad. So I, you know, I guess I get trying to fire all your bullets to get, make sure you get the one of the few gimmies on your schedule. But what do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a bad idea to play him? Oh, man. I guess the question is, you know, he, my, my gut says that I, I like to lean towards uh, making, you know, making making something sting a little bit to invest for the future, like make a decision that might sting a little bit and take your chances. Like sitting, my gut tells me to lean, if I were the coaches, I would say maybe gamble since Arkansas is a game that you should win. Um, you might be able to throw a complex enough look at them to get them off balance. and But also, you know, Bowden's a wild card. Like we're all acting like he's just going to be Michael Vick back there scrambling around eluding t- tacklers and stuff, but he might not. But then I guess, like you said, uh, that's where I would lean, but you also run the risk of trotting Sawyer out there to try to get, you know, the best version of your offense or something resembling it. But as a result, are you just going to get half healthy Sawyer for the rest of the season? And that's, you know, I, th- I think that's a big risk. And, and uh, is, you know, and Let's, but then let's say they do sit him this week, and then he comes back against Georgia and just takes a bunch of punishment, falls on that shoulder a couple times. Are you right back where you started? Yeah. Well, I, I've said from day one, <laughs> you know, since the, going into the bye week, I think you sit him all the way through the Georgia game. Uh, I think you try to win with Lynn Bowden uh, this week against Arkansas. I think you try to survive with Lynn Bowden next week at Georgia or, you know, put the holder out there to take snaps and hand the ball off, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, just, just get out of the Georgia game. Um, and then face that the final five games of your schedule yeah, at that point, you'd think with a fully healthy Sawyer Smith, because I, I do think their best chance to win enough games to get to a bowl game is getting Sawyer Smith healthy. You know, as bad as he's looked at times, I think a lot of that is, uh, the health stuff. I don't think all of it is the health stuff. I think he makes some some poor decisions, but he also throws the best ball of anybody on the roster, including Terry Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, when he's healthy. So uh, I, I roll, I roll the dice on, you know, get through this week at least. And I say even really the next two weeks playing Sawyer Smith feels like a mistake to me, but maybe they know, maybe they know something that we don't, you know, that's, that's one of the things we, we sort of speculate on these, these kind of issues without having a full medical report. Maybe the doctors have said like, Hey, he's not a hundred percent, but there's no amount of, you know, pounding he's going to take. That's going to make it worse. I don't know, but yeah. I, I am, I'm, I think this is a, <laughs> I'm, I'm dubious about this dangerous move, about yeah. this decision. So, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, Kyle, let me just take this opportunity to tell you, and maybe this could be good for Sawyer Smith and his shoulder, but uh, he should possibly <laughs> go visit Grassroots Pharmacy. Now, Grassroots Pharmacy is a locally owned independent pharmacy looking to change your idea or whoever's idea of what a pharmacy is supposed to be, and it's right there in Lexington, so they could send him over there. Uh, they place a strong focus on nutrition, supplementation, and alternative therapies like CBD oil. Their pharmacists know that there's nothing like, uh, well, there's nothing more important than your family's well-being and they're going to take the time to get to know you explain your medication and answer any kind of uh, you know questions that you might have they accept most insurance plans including medicare and they are located at 2304 sir barton way in hamburg hamburg or hamburg pavilion i'm not aware of hamburg pavilion maybe that's a thing and they're located at the uh the four-way stop next to best buy on the parking lot side where regal cinema is open monday through friday eight to six saturday ten to three website grassrootspharmacy.com and you can call them at 859-263-1382. So we were going to talk a little bit about a story that you have coming out in the morning about Ashton Hagen's. Uh, what, what, exactly, uh, what exactly are we looking at here? What can, how can you prep this for, for these adoring fans of yours, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, as most people are listening to this, if you're listening to it on Wednesday morning, uh, the story should already be already be published at the athletic um and it's really a story I've wanted to write for a while, but needed to kind of get some confirmation <laughs> that it went the way that I've always heard that it went uh yeah. and and essentially that it is this that uh on the day of the Auburn game in the elite eight, Ashton Hagens was i would say not focused uh at the team shoot around at the war you know during warm ups you know, but especially at the shoot around, he was uh, apparently kind of cutting up and and half-assing it, as I, I writ, wrote in the story, which is nice to work at a place that'll let you use words that adults use. Um, and it it really made Calvary mad, <laughs> uh, and he basically mm-hmm. told him like, if you don't snap out of it, we're going to lose this game. Um, and everybody knows what happens. Uh, Ashton Hagens plays the worst game, maybe the worst game of his season, one of the worst games yep. of his season. Uh, seven seven turnovers uh, was terrible defensively. Uh, Jared Harper Good. and Bryce Brown had fifty points <laughs> between them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just you know everything that he was good at, he was bad at, and the things that he was pretty good at or okay at, he was horrible at um, in that game. And and uh, he, I tried to be careful in that story not to sort of paint him as the you know, the scapegoat because it was not all on him. There were, there were a lot of things that went wrong in that game. And one of the things that went wrong for them was being up 10 with three minutes to go in the first half. Like I think everybody in the building and especially that entire roster, given the previous results against Auburn thought like, we're going to roll these dudes. You know, they don't have Chuma Okiki. Uh, We beat them by 27 a month ago. Uh, We're up 10. Beat them on the road at Auburn when they were down. 
yeah, and, and, and you know, not even playing particularly well, and we're up ten. Uh, we're going to the final four. Um, it looked it, well. It started. It had the vibe of a coronation there for a few minutes. It was just uh, like absolutely. this is just a, a ceremony where UK is going to get just praised and put the hats on and dance around. It's over because yeah. I told you I watched the first few minutes of that game. Kentucky was getting up and down. Auburn's body language was terrible. They yep. were getting basically whatever they want. Uh, Kentucky was hitting threes. Everything was working. They were hitting threes in transition. And Ashton actually played okay in the first few minutes of the game. Yep. He did. Uh, but he, but, you know, it started to fall apart. Uh, really, it really started to fall apart on that Jamal Baker. This is why it's not all on Ashton Hagen, certainly. But it started to fall apart on that Jamal Baker four-point play that he gave up which was the end of Jamal Baker at Kentucky. Uh, Calipari <laughs> mouthed to him, I'm not putting you back in the game, and he didn't. He didn't, yeah. wouldn't even look at him the rest of the game, and then he transferred. Um, that disappointed me. But, but then, uh, uh, yeah. er, you know, early second half, first, I think the first uh, three or first five minutes of the second half, Ashton Hagens had three turnovers, and that was, that was at the time when Auburn made its run to get the lead. Um, just didn't play well. I mean, again, was not alone. Tyler Hero was a was a ghost in that game. He was afraid to touch the ball. He looked like he didn't want any part of shooting it. Uh, After hitting know, the go ahead shot in the was, Houston game, which it is was, odd, it yeah. was bizarre. But he he was like scared of the moment. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. That's what it looked like. Um, so a lot of guys laid eggs, but I, I you know, it really stuck with me. Kind of hearing that story from a few different people about what happened that day um before the game and uh you know basically finally got ashton to own up to it he said i said i sat down with him uh one-on-one for a story a couple weeks ago um and i said i there's been you know and this is the other part of the story is there's been a real like clear sense talking to people around the program this summer and calipari has just come out and said it publicly like we should have won the national championship he said mm-hmm. it in at least two different interviews, and everybody in that building feels that way, like that that team was good enough, and especially the way the field shook out. Duke got knocked out. The only team that they knew they couldn't handle was gone, and that was a Final Four that they were better than, you know, talent-wise better than everybody in the field. Michigan State, Texas Tech, Virginia, Auburn, they were better than all of those teams. Um, and so there was I a might, real sense uh... – I might nitpick the idea a little bit. I think the I think talent, Texas Tech would have been talent wise. Yeah, I I'm guess, saying talent. I, I shouldn't say better. Yeah. I should say more talented than. And I think they felt like the way they were playing late in the season, they were good enough to win the national title. Right. Um, you know, it's no guarantee, but there's just a real sense of regret in that building uh, of a missed opportunity. And you know, I said I said to Ashton, I said, you know, it feels like to me you guys know you should have won or, or certainly should have been in the final four. And he said, a hundred percent. And uh, I said, what would you have changed? You know, if you could go back and change anything about that elite a game. And he said, I, uh, he said, talking about it brings a lot of memories because of the group we had and how close we were. We should have won, we, but we messed it up. And he said, I would have changed the way I prepared myself the day before and shoot arounds and warm ups. I would break more of a sweat and get more ready for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he he pretty well copped to it. And then I actually talked to Ashton's dad, and I thought it was a – I think I sent you this. I can't remember. But I had made – I you know, late 2.30 in the morning one night, I was thinking about this story, and I sent myself an email with a potential lead to the story about how Ashton Hagens looked like a in his, sitting in his locker with tears in his eyes after the game, kind of looked like a kid who'd been told for the entire season, you know, don't touch the stove, it's hot. 
mm-hmm. uh, but he kept having to find out for himself and he finally got burned. Uh, and so I laughed like pretty loudly when I was talking to Ashton's dad and he said, I asked him about that Auburn game and he said, when they're young and you tell them, don't touch the stove because it's hot, what are they going to do? Touch that stove until they get burned. And once they get burned, will they touch it again? Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting because I'd been sort of, that was exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, and his dad made that, made sort of made that connection on his own. So that's the story kind of explores that explores the regret in that. And also, um, how valuable having a guy like that can be, um, mm-hmm. who comes back full of, uh, full of this feeling like, man, if I had just buckled down and had my crap together, you know, we win a national title, <laughs> um, yeah. that eats it's at normal. you and it can, it can motivate you. It's normal. I think for, for freshmen, you know, you'll get the rare freshmen that, that adjust to it quicker, but I think it's normal for freshmen to come in. And one of the main things that they have to kind of figure out is just what level of effort is, is due like demanded of them at all, you know, consistently at all times. And I think it's kind of a wake up call for a lot of guys and, you watched, I watched a bunch of, a year ago, I watched a bunch of Ashton's uh, high school tape and I was just kind of watching uh, how bored he was in a lot of, mm-hmm. in a lot of the games that they played. Um, and uh, I, I guess it was Newton that he played for in Georgia. Um, yeah. But yeah, he could just, he could just pick on dudes and do whatever he want, wanted. And it was like, he, he just developed some, some bad habits on and off the ball because he was just so dominant. And, and I think that uh, last year was sort of a, a year-long, like, and I'm sure you allude to this, and, you you know, the Auburn story kind of is a, hopefully is sort of a turning point for him where he's going to realize that and learn that lesson uh, where he's he's realizing that you, you have to respect the opponent, you know, at all times and that you can't let up and you, you can't let your foot off the gas. You know, there are no breaks, um, which is <laughs> odd because – when yeah, you read well, my story, when you read my story, you're going to really laugh about saying all those words you just said because they're in they're in that story in almost exactly that order, and coming out of Ashton, Ashton say H- out of Ashton Hagen's mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty well, crazy. Well, uh, that's well, two. That's two. That's what a, what a what a strange couple of uh, uh, things we say something and then it's uh, it comes right out of the the Hagen's family's mouth yeah he said he said we he's talking about that game and specifically he said we felt like it was over you got to put them away because they're going to keep fighting back i know that now they're not going to give up and the next time we just got to keep going we overlooked them a little bit but we learned we can't do that with anybody especially in the ncaa tournament because they're going to give you their best yep yeah well everybody uh subscribe to the athletic and put some money in kyle's pocket feed his adorable children and uh, help him to uh renovate his man cave in the future if he so if he so chooses (laughs) or gets some more decor or whatever uh, whatever jenny put velvet all over the walls or something yeah for sure for sure well let's take a break and then we'll and then we'll talk uh we'll talk a little bit about uh our next topic does madness suck (laughs) <laughs> is that your teaser <laughs> that's the that's how we're gonna uh in this podcast no i'm just kidding but we we i think we've sort of joked about this and talked about yeah it we have times. didn't like, curtis fervently defend madness or i'm something? sure he did it was, anytime i had a like this is not that cool curtis always had to go even before he was a company man he was dropping company lines the company but, man uh, i uh I, you know i i just think 
not just at Kentucky. I just think everywhere madness has kind of jumped the shark a little bit because it was an event that used to be at midnight and it was really truly the first time anybody got their eyes on any of these guys. I mean, Kentucky fans just watch their players on national television for an hour uh, Sunday night. You know what I mean? Like this is not the first introduction and, and, and people get to know these players so much better through video stuff before they even get here. Um, this is really not the great unveiling that it used to be. And Dude, so that, what's that? Oh, I was just going to say, I just rem- it, it's so different now. It really is. And we're repeating things we said, I bet, on some level. But like, I specifically remember reading the Spencer Magnet in, in Spencer County. I don't know if we have any Spencer so County like, people. Is that a refrigerator magnet? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, the, it was the town paper, and they had this column that was like, uh, I think the guy's name was like Bob Watkins or something. It was some... It was some sports column that got picked up across the state, but there would just be, and this is just to give you an idea of how much times have changed and, and the just assimilation of, of information and the inundation that we have every single day. And it's just so easy and we take it for granted. But there, I remember specifically there was this little bitty snippet in an article, maybe, I mean, it was less than 100 words. It might have been 70 words. That was about this kid from DeMatha in Hyattsville, Maryland, named Keith Bogans. And that he was the number one player oh, wow. in his class. And they were like, uh, Kentucky is in great shape with this guy. He's really good. And I remembered, th- I'd never seen him play. And I remembered thinking like, well, this guy must be. I mean, he must be like Michael Jordan. Like, I, you know, I had no clue how good he was. Your imagination starts to go crazy. And I remembered waiting and staying up to watch Midnight Madness because back then it was actually at midnight and I had a VHS tape and I taped it and I watched Keith Bogans to see how good he was and got super excited. But it's not like that today. All right. of all of the 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 value of the info that you get from Big Blue Madness is just totally negated and pointless yeah. uh, because we've seen these guys and uh, I don't know, it's just not the same anymore. No, and now it's just a, it's just strictly a recruiting event. You know, it's, it is, you know, I think they spend like 80% of their recruiting budget on, on madness or something, you know, cause they don't have to have like a, you know, they, they travel and that's part of their expense. And then otherwise, uh, you're, you're pumping it into doing madness and having these crazy theatrics and, and pyrotechnics and whatever. Everybody's got an app on their phone that pulses to the beat of a song or whatever. Uh, Drake, Drake showing up to, you know, have helped John Calipari drop the mic. Um, you know, that is, of course, there's a the secondary value that it gets the fans kind of whipped into a frenzy, but mostly it's for the recruits to make, to feel like it is one to show them the fan base to say, look, these people camped out to be here and now here they are for this, you know, obviously sort of inane event <laughs> where we're not actually going to practice much basketball and there's 24,000 of them. Uh, and also, here's five hundred thousand dollars worth of lights and fancy stuff. Um, <laughs> that stuff is expensive, man. To have those production yeah. companies come yeah, in, I think it's. Those, I think it's like yeah. three. I mean, the madness costs. You know, the last time it's been a while since I did the like open records request for what it costs because at some point it's always just like it's a lot. You know, big deal. But uh, I think early on when I would do that in the first few years I was here, it was in like the three hundred thousand dollar, three fifty, you know, plus just to do madness and a lot of that was just the lights and all that but it's not for it it doesn't do for the fans what it used to do it's a recruiting thing they want to get you know some years they have eight to ten five-star guys across two or three classes in the front row 
behind Calipari's seat, and that's who's that's who this thing is for. Um, and so I wonder. I guess we were going to end on. I wonder is there something else they could do to replace madness as it is now that would both serve as a cool thing for recruits, but also might like add some juice back into it for the fans, like really give them some of the basketball piece of it uh, that we haven't seen. And maybe they started to do that last year. And I think one of the players let it slip. They were doing it again this year. They did a a dunk contest. I think they should just do away with like any of the actual, like the, the crappy 10 minute scrimmage. That's not a scrimmage and nobody tries to defend anybody. Nobody, nobody wants to watch that. Have just have a skills contest, you know, do the dunk competition, make it fun. Uh, you have have a shooting contest. I don't know. Do something else um, to show off the guy's skills in some way. Um, keep it tight and bright, but you know, give these people I'm something right. to go. <laughs> some that's what that's what people editors used to say about writing. You know, like uh, a short, okay. punchy okay. story, tight and bright. Um, you know, don't don't belabor the point. Like last year, the the I think the dunk contest got really unwieldy because it was just like taking too long. Um, like you got to do it the right way. I don't know. I mean, I think again, I'll say it again. I've said it a few times, and it's getting a little old. But I change a venue. I think they should really try, even if they even if it's not possible to pull it off to put it in the football stadium, which I think would be really maybe have cool. a concert afterwards. Like they they're having that concert. That's an idea. Yeah, also, like I that. would say. I would say, what if they just combine the blue-white game in this event into one thing and have an actual scrimmage? Because well, I would argue, yeah. I would argue that the scrimmage part, I like that better than I like the competition. It's always I mean, been more valuable, I, I and there's always about ten thousand less people there. It's beyond me. Like UK basketball yeah. fans pack the place and camp out to not see basketball, and the very next <laughs> week they're scrimmaging like a real scrimmage against each other. And like there'll be like fifteen thousand people there. Um, Nate Sestina's dad actually was like texting me because they they work and they don't have a lot of vacation and uh, you know not an, an infinite travel budget. And they're like trying to decide whether they were going to go to Big Blue Madness or the Blue White scrimmage. He's like, "What should I go to?" And I said, "Look, you know, people love Madness and it's it's a show. And if you've never been, it'll probably impress you." But if you want to see your son and see if he can like play <laughs> with this group uh, and like actually watch basketball, blue white is like it's not even a question. Blue yeah. white is is the chance, and I think that's a pretty interesting idea. I don't know like what the logistics of that would be. Of course, they probably aren't going to combine it because they don't want to. You're not going to take a money making date off the schedule. Both these events, um, although I guess the, the madness tickets are free, right? But I would assume they sell quite a bit of concessions and other things. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't that's, know. That's like, probably I, true. What Louisville has done is really neat. I think under Chris Mack, I think it's been really smart and and fun. The the was it called Louisville Live, something like that. Anyway, doing it outside in the city that could be fun. It could. It could. Louisville does a good job with that. Well, that's all the time that we got uh, today uh, for today, guys. Uh, follow me on Twitter at jkyleman. Follow Kyle on Twitter at kyle tucker underscore ath. Uh, subscribe, like us, and say hello, and uh, we will see you next time. Later on. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.